Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Russia is not retreating. Don't let that be the thing that distracts you. They are absolutely not going anywhere. Russia is going to reduce their attacks on Kiev and Chernihiv. Chernihiv? Or is it pronounced Cherniv? In either case, it's not true. A reduction in attacks on Kiev does not mean a reduction in attacks in general. And we're also seeing that attacks on Kiev are picking up. Because everything Russia does is a lie. Every single thing. Every last bit of what they do, every last bit of what they say, every last bit of who they are is a lie. And I must say, if if I find one more troll who tells me about Ukrainian Nazis and how they need to be expelled, uh, it's it's we've gotten to a point of ridiculosity. That's not a word. Ridiculosity. On this subject, let me break it down, if I could, just for a moment. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. You want to tell me that this is the, the main topic? I, 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 go on. Tell, tell me. I'm all ears. Let's make an argument, shall we? There are Nazis right now in Ukraine. I won't deny such a thing. I wouldn't have any way to deny it. Is this a reason for us to sit idly by while Ukraine is destroyed? Of course not. That would be like saying that the United States is a bigoted nation because in Charlottesville, Virginia, a couple of schmucks in khakis decided to get some tiki torches on sale at Walmart and go for a walk. Do they exist? Well, of course they exist. Does it mean that the entirety of the nation should be thrown away? Of course not. And none of that would even have anything to do with the bigger reality. What does what happens? What do you do if you aren't willing to push back against Vladimir Putin? That's the argument. I'm sorry, I am focused solely and exclusively on the big picture on this one, guys. The idea that oh my wait what was what was the uh, every now and then I'll get a, I'll get like a weird weird tweet I'll get a weird something so today the weird tweet which I thought was connected to this was um, talk about the burner phone you coward and I was like what the burner phone. I swear to you, I have no idea what, what what that means. No idea what's being discussed right there. But the other one was, why aren't you talking about this? And why aren't you talking about the Nazis in Ukraine? You're Jewish. I thought you cared. Oh, good Lord. Is, 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 is that supposed to work? Does anybody think they can bring up my religion and be like, hmm, uh, you claim to be of the Jewish persuasion, but you haven't talked about bagels in about a week now. Hmm. 
I know you claim to be Jewish, Tony, but never once a, a mentioning of being an accountant? Hmm, it sounds like that. You sound crazy. And all I'm going to do is laugh at you and make fun of your mother, who is definitely not a MILF. That's all I'm going to do. Our argument is not about whether or not Ukraine is a perfect place. I conceded from day one that Ukraine is not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But Russia's the issue. Russia's the story. And it is clear that the Russian military has no plans of stopping, although there may be moments of regrouping, as you realize the part two of this conversation, that this military is freaking inept. Doesn't mean they're not dangerous. Doesn't mean they aren't still killing people. Doesn't mean that you don't have over 2 million Ukrainian refugees. Because you have over 2 million Ukrainian refugees. It means that these people are freaking inept. Kids, pull out your map and take a look at Chernobyl. Yes, Chernobyl. Did you know that near Chernobyl, there is a spot called the Red Forest? I don't know if you've ever heard of the Red Forest. I will admit that I've learned more about Chernobyl in the last month I've learned more about Chernobyl in the last month than I have in 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 my life. I'll admit I'll admit to that. The red forest is uh, what they call these trees. This area where the trees turned red because of the nuclear fallout. Well, the Russian military is going through this area. Why beats the daylights out of me? They're going through this area, and they're kicking up radioactive dust with their tanks, with their trucks. These people don't have hazmat-level suits. They don't have anything to stop the radiation from being ingested. They don't have anything that stops the radiation from going into the air. They don't. Zero. Nothing. So this stuff is back into the atmosphere, can make its way to Kiev, could kill a lot of people. This is a Russian ineptness, unless, of course, you recognize that Putin doesn't care if he kills millions of people, in which case, this is the plan. This is absolutely the plan. Doesn't matter who he kills, when he kills them, how he kills them. If you ask me which one I got to be focused on, Putin kicking up nuclear dust, radioactive dust, or, or Ukrainian Nazis, who I feel the same way about them as I do Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. I got to focus on what I got to focus on. By the way, I didn't know this. Uh, thank you, Mr. Fastbucks. Uh, long time uh, part of, of this show. Uh, burner phone is Hunter Biden's euphemism for hooker. That's not what it is. It's not? The burner then what phone is burner is a phone? January 6th thing. It's a January 6th thing? Yeah, because the fo- they gave the phone logs over and there's like an eight-hour gap. So people are like, 
He must have been using a burner phone. So you think someone's so so one person? It's possible that I'm getting yelled at. I should say because I'm not talking enough about Hunter Biden, or it's possible I'm getting yelled at because I'm not talking enough about January sixth. I'll, I'll make it easy uh, for you. <laughs> there you go. Hunter Biden is a low life corrupt bastard, and I believe his father knew everything he was doing and was in on the take. January sixth was a riot and not an insurrection. This investigation is a whole. Holy damn nonsensical joke. Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney deserve not to get reelected again. I'm going to notice all the people who committed all the damage and all the killings all across the country from their riots, not just one specific place, because a couple of members of Congress were inconvenienced for an hour. And that's not me saying that the riot wasn't bad. I don't believe in riots. You won't get me to supporting it. It was a riot, just not an insurrection. Most importantly, uh, (laughs) program your own radio shows. The best I can do for you. Right now, I'm focused on Russia and the danger that they are causing and the reasons why we need to be absolutely focused on what's happening. Not totally focused on that alone, but recognizing that when they talk about withdrawals, it's a lie. The repositioning is to other attacks. They're not leaving. They're going on and on and on and on. This becomes, as we have discussed, a war of attrition. Do I believe that the peace talks in Turkey are going to bring anything? No, I do not. We've already seen that that has been halted in in many ways. But I'm going to pay attention to what's happening. And I should be even, even more clear. Understanding the moves of Vladimir Putin, if he is not stopped here, that's a hard one to figure out. But it doesn't work out well for us. If he feels he can move on, he will move on. And he only gets to move on if nations fall. Because that emboldens. That he'll just stick around and stick around and stick around and eventually they'll go away. And that's why Ukraine needs hardware. That's why Ukraine needs supplies. Ukraine, that this is how we fight this. Just give them what they need and let them do the work. I still don't believe in a single troop on the ground. I still don't believe in in, in a no-fly zone at all. Now, on the subject of Hunter Biden, did you catch this? You have producer Ari's favorite member of Congress, Matt Gates, introducing Hunter Biden's laptop and all the emails in, into the congressional record. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. After a consultation with majority staff, I seek unanimous consent to enter into the record of this committee content from, files from, and copies from the Hunter Biden laptop. Without objection. Thank you. That's hilarious. That is hilarious. That I may rank these things, and I, or at least I do for the show, and we need to make sure we know what's going on and how, how Russia lies. Don't think for a second that I won't talk about what's going on with Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden is shady and corrupt and, as I said, low class. And Representative Matt Gates, there's a reason he can win re-election anytime he wants. So where is it? The laptop. 
Sir, I'm not here to talk about the laptop. I'm here to talk about the FBI cyber program. You are the assistant director of FBI cyber. I want to know where Hunter Biden's laptop is. Where is it? Sir, I don't know that answer. That is astonishing to me. Is, has, has FBI cyber assessed whether or not Hunter Biden's laptop could be a point of vulnerability, allowing America's enemies to hurt our country? Sir, the FBI cyber program is based off of what's codified in Title 18 or um, Title 18, Section 1030, a code which talks about computer intrusions, right, using nefarious intent. Network well, you've talked about passwords here. I mean, Hunter Biden's password on his laptop was Hunter 02. He drops it off at a repair store. I'm holding the receipt from Max Computer Repair, where in December 2019, they turned over this laptop to the FBI. And what now you're telling me right here is that as the assistant director of FBI Cyber, you don't know where this is after it was turned over to you three years ago. Yes, sir. That's an accurate statement. Well, damn. You got to admit, that was well done by Matt Gates. That was solid by Representative Gates. By the way, Hunter's password is Hunter02. That's his password? Oddly enough, that is also producer Ari's password. I know, weird, right? This this guy is the tool that you that you thought he was. This guy is the rich dad's kid in every 80s movie you ever watched. You know, just the jerk, has it too easy, always too tough guy, always trying to prove himself, but he's a dork. That's Hunter Biden. That is Hunter Biden. And and Representative Gates, he continued. How are Americans supposed to trust that you can protect us from the next colonial pipeline if it seems that you can't locate a laptop that was given to you three years ago from the first family, potentially creating vulnerabilities for our country? Sir, it's, it's not in the purview of my investigative responsibilities. But, but that is shocking that, that you wouldn't, as the assistant director of cyber, know whether or not there are international business deals, kickbacks, shakedowns that are on this laptop that would make the first family suspect to, to some sort of compromise. Mr. Assistant Director, have you assessed whether or not the first family is compromised as a result of the Hunter Biden laptop? Sir, as a representative of the FBI cyber program, it is not in the realm of my responsibilities to deal with the questions that you're asking me. Has anyone at FBI cyber been asked to make assessments whether or not the laptop creates a point of vulnerability? Sir, we have multiple lines of investigative responsibility in the That's a no. That's a really good line of questioning. Nothing wrong with that whatsoever. I assume that the that the women from the View will decry it as racist tomorrow. But until then, remember that Hunter Biden is shady, and I would say guilty. And if Hunter Biden's last name was Trump, finally we'd have an investigation. But because he's a Biden, no one seems to want to care. Just like we should be aware of what Russia's doing. Because we should care how Russia is dealing with this so we know how to deal with Russia. The subject matters, too. You know, I ranked them earlier. Maybe I should just put it more as a general. We need to be aware of these things. And we need to stay focused on all the things. It's more difficult for us, but we're going to be better off if we do.
if we stay focused on all the things. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz. So this story just broke. I got to admit, I know very, very little about aphasia. A-P-H-A-S-I-A. And aphasia is what I'll call an ailment. Uh, Results from damage to portions of the brain that are responsible for language. It occurs uh, rather suddenly, according uh, to, to sources, this being the NIH, following a stroke or head injury, but could develop slowly as a result of brain tumor or a progressive neurological disease. Why do I bring this up? Because it's being reported that Bruce Willis, the actor, has been diagnosed with aphasia and he's stepping away from acting. Putting out a statement to Bruce's amazing supporters, as a family, we want to share that our beloved Bruce has been experiencing some health issues and has recently been diagnosed with aphasia, which, which is impacting his cognitive abilities. Stepping away from the career that has meant so much to him, this is a really challenging time for our family, and we are so appreciative of your continued love, compassion, and support. We are moving through this as a strong family unit and want to bring his fans in because we know how much he means to you, as you do to him. That's crazy. I mean, things happen, they happen to all kinds of, 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 of people. Right, so there's there's a couple different kinds of of, of aphasia, right, based on different parts of uh, the, the 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 brain. It's messed up. It is. Sometimes you hear about the these things. You hear about what happens to the body. You hear about what happens to the mind, and it is a wonder how society survives at all. You know, when I first. Uh, my my wife and I were having kids and friends of ours were having kids. I didn't know that people had problems having children. I didn't know that. I didn't know all the things that could go wrong when having children. Oh, you learn quick and you're like, dear Lord, how has the species gotten this far? It's incredible. That is crazy. As for how uh, aphasia is uh, treated, um... There's uh, there's no uh, answer yet. There's speech pathology that goes on. There's applications, speech generating applications. But um, dang, dang, Bruce Willis, man, I, I we wish him nothing but the best. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today. Uh, also to my friend, Dr. Frederick, this guy is an amazing leader. Leadership matters. Leadership matters. Leadership matters. Your leadership is exemplary. We got to know each other during COVID. I valued your friendship and your guidance, and I'm honored to be with you here. Uh- That's Gina Raimondo. She's the secretary of, what? Well, she's the secretary of, not, is, is she education? That's what she is. She's the secretary of education.
No, 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 that's Miguel Cardona. What's Raimondo? This? Oh, Commerce. Secretary of Commerce. No biggie. No biggie. She's former governor of Rhode Island. And she sees that what we need in America is more diversity. And she has a fantastic take on the importance of said diversity. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. So good to be with you on Facebook. Uh, Tony Katz Radio, the phone number 833-468-8669. Listen to this bit of genius from the Secretary of Commerce. Uh, today, Administrator Guzman, we're, we're partners in crime in the cabinet, joining forces to help small businesses. I'm blessed to have you as a colleague. And, of course, your most distinguished alum, Vice President Harris, who is going to be speaking in a few minutes, uh, who is committed deeply in her bones to equity, and we're so lucky to have her. So um, a very a good friend of mine who's a great inventor said to me, homogeneity is the enemy of innovation. Think about that for a second. It's true. If, if you have people all of the same background, Ramon, good to see you, all in the same background, same ideas, same viewpoints, you won't innovate. You won't innovate. So homogeneity is the enemy of diversity. It's the, it's the enemy of innovation, of entrepreneurship. So if you start a business with two, if you're white and you start a business with two white friends, total failure. Can't win. But if you're black and you start a business with two black friends, somehow it's less of a problem. It's like covid you see, if, if you're at a big party, well, then COVID spreads like wildfire. But if you are engaged in a riot uh, while you're screaming Black Lives Matter, well, then it's, it's, it's an important health opportunity for all Americans. It's hard to believe these people have positions of power. No, it's not hard. It's sad. It is sad and pathetic. Speaking of sad and pathetic, Bernie Sanders, a commie, well, he's talking commie talk. I would argue he's uh, projecting. Anyone who thinks we do not have an oligarchy right here in America is sorely mistaken. Today in America, multi-billionaires like Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, Richard Branson are off taking joyrides on their rocket ships to outer space. They're buying $500 million super yachts. And we talk about the yachts that, that Putin's friends have. Well, guess what? They have them, too, here in this country, living in mansions with 25 bathrooms. In his budget, the president has proposed a 20% minimum tax on those who are worth at least $100 million. This is an important step forward, and I congratulate the president for doing that. We should go further, though. What an absolutely hateful lowlife. Listen to how angry he is. First, he's talking about people who have actually created things. When he's created nothing, listen to his jealousy. Are off taking joyrides on their rocket ships to outer space. They're buying $500 million super yachts. And we talk about the yachts that, that Putin's friends have. Well, guess what? They have them too here in this country. Living. 
They're providing jobs for the people who build those super yachts and for all those scientists who like sending people into space. Bernie Sanders owns three houses, and the only thing he and his wife have ever done is bankrupt a college and kind of write a book that didn't deserve to be on a bestseller list. Remember that Jeff Bezos, whether you like him or not, has created something. Elon Musk, whether you like him or not, has created something. And Bernie Sanders, whether you like him or not, has created nothing. Bernie Sanders has been a taker his whole life. As the mayor of Burlington, as a congressman, now as a senator, he's a taker. I'm telling you, he didn't even buy those damn mittens. He didn't make those damn mittens. That much is for sure. I'm willing to bet you they were a gift. He has never created anything in his life. And look at how much he hates creators playing in their rockets. You realize that Bernie Sanders could not lead a country into the future because he doesn't believe in it. Playing with their rockets is the proof that you needed. Bernie Sanders is a low-life commie. A first-rate you know what bag. He is what he is, and we should say so. The people who follow him, if, if you have a college student who follows him, you want me to call? I'll talk to them right now. This guy's a schmuck. Knows nothing about the economy, nothing about how to build, how to grow, how to innovate. He's attacking innovation right now. You think that's an American principle? You think that's valuable? Who's better off if Jeff Bezos doesn't go to space but donates all his money to a soup kitchen? No one's better off. We're better off with innovation and with growth. Would we have been better off if Bill Gates had only spent 50% on his time, of his time working on Microsoft and spent the other 50% of his time um, uh, vo- donating himself to a shelter? No. We're better off because that guy was selfish and created a multi-billion dollar industry, trillion dollar industry at this stage of the game. We're all, all our lives are better off. I like private charity. Go donate to a soup kitchen. But Bernie Sanders doesn't even believe that. He believes he knows best what to do with their money. And that's why we need to tax them because they're not spending their money properly. Only we know how to spend their money properly. When I tell you that Bernie Sanders is a low-life commie, he's telling you all I'm doing is pointing it out. This is who he is. Now, speaking of the economy, there's a lot of talk that we may uh, beat the jobs rate. Right, uh, may beat expectations. ADP is saying that's uh, the case, but you never know with them. But the quits rate, you got 4.4 million people quitting their job. How does that even work? Uh, I spoke earlier to Dr. Matt Will, economist, the University of Indianapolis, and asked the question, what is this number, the 11.5 million jobs that are available, but 4.4 million people quitting their job, what does this mean to you? Well, it tells me what we've known for a long time, Tony, is that we have a labor shortage, and it's primarily government-induced, especially in California, where when the enhanced benefits were removed from the federal government level, California stepped in and offered additional benefits to replace those. In fact, I'll give you a little piece of numbers here. The first day that California offered enhanced benefits after the federal government stopped, 
309,000 people applied for them. And in the quits report that we're talking about, California, the West Coast, had a record number of quits last month because they're being paid not to work, Tony. So guess what? They're not working. Let's go over that. Let's go over what it means to be paid not to work. What federal program is still in existence from the COVID pandemic day? Uh, I should say, I shouldn't say days. I mean, it, a lot of people think it's we're still in it. But what program still exists that's paying people not to work? It's not the federal government problem um, when it pays people not to work. It's the states. And California is the one that is, um, is still offering enhanced benefits. They replace the benefits that the federal government was doing. So in California and the West Coast, it's the benefits that are be- people are being paid not to work. In the rest of the country, Tony, it's primarily simply a labor shortage that people are going from low-paying jobs to higher-paying jobs. And in the quits report, the largest area was retail. Retail was the area that was near record highs when it came to people quitting because they're going from a, you know, like you said earlier, they're going from one restaurant to another restaurant. In fact, some restaurants can't even hire people right now because the retail trade is not paying enough and people can easily find higher paying jobs. Talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist, University of Indianapolis. Let me put forth my theory. What, what, what I'm kind of seeing, or at least I believe I'm seeing, tell me if I'm right or wrong and tell me if there is a way that this number actually gets calculated. What if people are quitting their job because they found the side hustle? They're going to uh, buy from Kohl's and sell on Amazon. They're, they're engaged in digital currency. They're selling NFTs. They're, they've got nine million ways in the gig economy to make money, control their own ship, live their own life, not report to a boss, not be downtown. They realize they actually love not being downtown, uh, and whether it's Indianapolis or anywhere else, and they want to just, you know, be, be left alone. Do these numbers show that that's possible? I don't think these numbers show that that's possible, Tony, because what you're referring to is a very small portion of the population. It's true what you're saying happens, but it's a very small portion. You know, you're thinking of it from you, which is a very entrepreneurial person's perspective. And so you would be considering those kind of things. But the data shows us and history shows that the average worker is not very entrepreneurial. They're not looking to do the side hustle like you and I might do. So it's in the data, but it's not a significant it's not moving the needle in the data, so to speak. So that you don't think that applies to a very large portion or a large enough portion of the, the economy to make it the big mover? Yes, it applies, but not to the degree that it would significantly impact that data. You got to remember, we're talking about a five million person gap between available jobs and unemployed. Five million. I mean, I don't think there's five million people out there doing side hustles. So that's a big difference. And again, we're not even back to pre-pandemic employment levels, Tony. We haven't oh, even that, hit the that's pre-pandemic. That's the huge so one. That drives me crazy. Job growth. He's, he's, he should just be quiet because he's not yet at the level it was before the pandemic started. That's exactly it. When, when, when the Biden administration talks about they created all these jobs, they did not create a job. People going back to work is not creating a job. But according to ADP, uh, the payroll people, they make the claim, and we haven't gotten the official numbers yet, and they've made claims before that weren't true. They're saying that, that companies added 455,000 jobs in March, slightly more than expected. Do you think that that's accurate based on your calculations, based on conversations you've been having, or should we expect things to be very, very bad? 
personally, um, it's not based on calculation. It's based on the ADP history. I mean, you got to remember there are there are a retail uh, company that offers services to corporations um, for payroll. They always want to be optimistic, so they tend they tend to come in on the high end and they tend to overshoot their target. So I would say their numbers is historically wrong, and it's probably going to be wrong again. Is there anything that would signal to you what those numbers are going to be? Are we are we going to hit? I mean, people want to hit at least expectations, right? The expectation gets set. You hit it. All right. We hit it. You come within a, a hair of it. That's fine. Sometimes they miss by 200,000. You're like, what the hell's going on here? Um, what are you seeing based on the people you speak to? Well, Tony, you know, you ask me that a lot. Everybody does. And I'm not a forecaster. I can tell you cause and effect, but I can't predict the future. So I don't know what the report's going to say. I can tell you this, that the, the best report out there that we have, which is called the PMI report, um, it still shows a significant shortage in job uh in, in, in people taking on jobs, but it's better than the previous month. So I think we'll see an improvement over over the previous month, but it's not going to be as large as ADP says, and I think it's not going to be as big as uh, expectations are. Remember, GDP forecast, the government's own forecast dropped from six to about three plus percent recently. So they see a slowing down of the economy. That R word that we don't want to talk about is a possibility, and even Jerome Powell talked about that the other day. So which one, which one are, would, would you be more concerned with? The R word, of course, is recession, and then there's the S word, which is stagflation. Are those things that are mutually exclusive or can we can we be good enough to have it all? <laughs> you mean good enough facetiously or oh, well, in a you, bad you, way? Nobody wants because this crap. Because I, I think it's going to I mean, I still stand by my prediction that we're probably going to do a, a recession. I don't know how severe it will be. Um, but as far as the employment picture goes, I think we're going to stick with a, a labor shortage for some time now. I really do. I think we may have a recession with a labor shortage, which is a very unusual circumstance. So that was just some of my conversation with Dr. Matt Will, economist, University of Indianapolis. Um, the, the, the two in one, you know, I was, I, I'm, I'm making the joke, but dear Lord, does anybody think that it isn't going that way? And this is why, you know, when we talk about what's going on, on, on Wall Street, the, there's a massive spread between Wall Street and Midwest Main Street. Right now, uh, the Dow is down 44, NASDAQ is down 59. But we've seen uh, the, the, these, these upticks that, that have moved. They continue to, you know, find ways even in this market. Very different than what Midwest Main Street is dealing with, which is a lot, a lot, of, a lot of pain. More coming up. I'm Tony Katz. In California, there was a vote, and it was a task force on reparations, and they voted Tuesday, 5-4 vote, and they decided that reparations, if they should ever come, will only go from the state to descendants of free and enslaved black people who are in the U.S. in the 19th century. Turns out, all not all black people are equal. All black people are equal, but some are more equal than others. They believe that the lineage approach 
based on genealogy as opposed to race has the best chance uh, of surviving a legal challenge. And that black immigrants who chose to migrate to the U.S. in the 20th and 21st centuries did not share the trauma of people who were kidnapped and enslaved. I would also uh, uh, argue that this is exactly why we shouldn't use the term African-American. Because we are admitting that not everybody who is black is African. Which is, of course, correct. And we should be clear about these things. Because I would think that if you were speaking to somebody from uh, uh, the Dominican, for example, or, or somewhere else, that to say they're African-American would be insulting. Just just based on the, on the, the not non-descendant of Africa. But meanwhile, I'll let them figure out how they're going to explain this to other people of color who were all in for the fight and now realize they're going to be left out of the money. I'll let them figure it out. A Florida teacher, the president of Disney, no longer the happiest place on earth is Florida, nor Disneyland or is it Disney World. It doesn't matter. It's time for something new. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz.